Sitting in one of the regular outpatient clinics walks in a girl in her late teens, just enrolled into medical school with some problems in her menstrual cycle. Well about 15 minutes later, I had explained to the budding doctor the disadvantages of sedentary life and the side effects of the same leading to her recent weight gain and hence going into her tendency to gain weight and hence the period problems. Ah. So here goes one more patient all motivated to change life I think. So is this what I got troubled today? Hell no. Moments later comes in her mom who like any other mother was all anxious about her daughter, at least that's what I thought but what was in store for me was a bit too much for my imagination as of today. I haven't had faced so many for these cases but this was new for me. The mother was very considerate to the daughter and told her I hope you understood all that the doctor told, rarely, anyone says that, usually it's like tell me I need to know everything from till when will this period disappear to how much guarantee for her to have kids if she takes treatment, you, but right now, I need to consult her so just sit outside for a while. I smiled at her and asked her to take a seat, and tell me what she wanted to know. She said, Doctor, I want truthful answers to my questions. I was a bit taken aback, as she continued, Doctor, I am 49 years old, I stopped having my periods about two years ago, and about a year ago I lost my only son, who was 20 years old, in a road traffic accident. Since then my family, especially my mother-in-law, has been after my life to try and conceive again as we have to have a son to take the family forward. I was so dumbstruck that I just kept looking at her. Interestingly she kept speaking and then continued with the rest of the story. She has been taken to about six infertility centers already and the last one has promised her to get her the child. She has already spent about 10 lakh rupees, about 1 million, in all the travel, the medicines, injections and consultations. Since she has been having high blood pressure and high sugars for about six years now, she has been on way too many medicines names of that she can't even remember. They have given her multiple injections to just get her periods back but it has been of not much use. Her family is very upset with her and the last doctor whom she has visited about a month back has told her to get any lady along who can donate the egg and then she can continue the pregnancy. Well, well. My state of dumbstruckedness didn't change, Rather I was holding my head and sitting listening to her till she asked the last question, Doctor, please tell me the truth, aren't these people making a fool of me, do you think I can carry a baby at this age? I personally don't think so. I'm so irritated and frustrated with this whole thing, but no one is ready to tell me the truth, I can feel it inside all this is not correct? Many people think that a son would be able to take care of them during their old age. This stems from the belief that their daughter will be married and will not be able to help them. However, this is quite the opposite because women are actually more caring than men. But people still prefer baby boy because they are habituated to think like that. The preference for baby boy in India is due to various reasons, continuation of family line, many families believe that only a baby boy will be able to continue the family line. This is an archaic mindset, which has no place in the modern society. However, such beliefs still continue in many communities due to lack of awareness and peer pressure. Going by the right way, how do I make sure this man of my lady will only be giving her or someone else's egg the dear Y chromosome? The male heir is supposed to have earning capacity, there is a general belief in the society that a baby boy will have higher earning potential when they grow up to be an adult. This too is an old belief that has been passed on from generation to generation. This may have been a valid argument a few decades back, but quite irrelevant today because there are now plentiful career opportunities for women. If we look around, we can see that women are now employed in almost all spheres of human endeavor. 
My lady has two other girls one of whom is an engineer and is already working and the second was the one who came in for the consultation and is going to become a doctor herself. Where will this child be, if it's born 20 years from today, let's say if he is born. The time when he has to go in for his vocational trainings, the daughter would be burdened to provide for him, as the parents would be in their late life unable to earn enough at that time. So, how does he even come near that point? Another point always discussed within this society is that girls are economic burden, due to prevalence of dowry system in several communities, girls are considered an economic burden. It is believed that once the daughter is married, she will become a part of her husband's family. Due to this mindset, many families are reluctant to spend money on their daughter's proper education, health, and other needs. In case, of my lady her daughters are already earring and it will be this boy who would have been the reason for the drain in their income. The amount, they would be spending in trying to give him birth would be enough to teach and feed five other individuals. Now to top it all, the age, my lady has undergone her share of the reproductive cycle, even produced well when she could, but why now when her body would already have been struggling with the effects of menopause and now all the side effects of getting massive hormones back in action. I can't even think of what would be happening inside her. Many people came to believe that controlling fertility was the real problem and that in contrast having children was easy. However, delay in childbearing to a much less fecund age has brought home the reality, and has also engendered unrealistic expectations of what modern fertility treatment and particularly assisted conception can achieve. Despite the important impact of maternal age we know very little about the basis of this age effect. The uterus cannot be involved because these aniploides are all of maternal origin. Also, while the age effect is chronological, there is a small degree of biological variability among women. The risk of childlessness increases at higher ages and ovarian aging is the apparent factor. The most striking manifestation of ovarian aging is not the decline in oocyte numbers but the decline in the quality of the oocyte, as reflected in the high incidence of early pregnancy loss. The endocrine function of the ovary declines more gradually than its reproductive function, ovulatory cycles are maintained until ovarian failure at the time of the menopause, usually 10 years after the average time of last birth. The decline in follicle number that occurs as women age causes no more than subtle changes in cycle length. Mothers don't just need to contend with their fertility as they get older, but also greater risks during pregnancy, labor and delivery. They found mothers over 40 were two to three times more likely to experience health problems during pregnancy including diabetes and high blood pressure. They were twice as likely to experience bleeding from their placentas, have a cesarean delivery and to lose their baby later on in pregnancy. My lady has and is statistically prone to have all of these. The children of older first-time mothers who are 40 years and above also have an increased risk of health problems at birth, such as low birth weight and congenital abnormalities. They also have an increased risk of being born preterm and, perhaps consequently, are at increased risk of requiring neonatal intensive care after birth. But this is still only one half of the equation. Older fathers also bring additional health risks for their children. Babies with older fathers are more likely to be born prematurely, have a lower birth weight and higher risk of seizures. When the embryos are poor quality, some doctors will tell the patient that we will transfer donor embryos into your uterus, so you don't waste this cycle. By this time, patients are often fed up and frustrated. They fell helpless and powerless, and are happy to do whatever the doctor advises, because they so badly want to have a baby. They are happy to pay whatever extra fees the doctor charges, so that they can get pregnant, without thinking of the long-term implications of their decisions. 
doctors can exploit their patient's ignorance and vulnerability. Because the patient is desperate, they can take advantage of the situation without really standing out. They package their advice of using donor embryos as a technique to maximize the success rate, and patients are made to feel grateful for this. While this may work in the short term, these kind of decisions made on the spur of the moment under pressure may have long-term adverse consequences for the patient. When doctors take eggs from patients and use them someone else without getting informed consent from either of the couples, they can improve their pregnancy rates, but will harm them later. Patients are not stupid, and they talk to each other, and to the clinic staff as well. Doctors who deal with infertility treatments need to get their act together. We owe this to our patients. We need to be honest and upfront with them by providing better quality documentation and high-quality counseling services. Patients do infertility treatments with a lot of expectations. Infertility treatments are extremely expensive, but they know that this is the one option, which maximizes their chances of getting pregnant. However, when patients are not well-informed, it's very easy for unscrupulous doctors to fool them. Infertile patients are emotionally vulnerable and willing to clutch at straws because of their desperation. There are many ways in which bad infertility treatments cheat patients. Documentation is very poor, and most patients are pretty clueless as to the technical details of their infertility treatments is. It's easy to take them for a ride. Undergoing treatment was difficult, but coming to terms with failure is much harder. Now the failure to get pregnant is purely the patient's fault, something the clinic was very keen to reinforce, usually they are overweight, don't have too many eggs, may not have taken drugs correctly. When people ask me about the worst part of infertility, I tell them it's the silence, that nobody talks about it, it's the silence which comes from the isolation and the lost cycles and the lost feelings and lost sentiments. My lady here who also happens to be a teacher and yet in a phase in life where she should be sitting back and looking at her grandchildren play with her in some years is planning her pregnancy just because she doesn't have a boy, a male. So much of fraud, illegal, unethical routes all propagated just to satisfy the mindsets of people, people with mindsets who need to understand the importance of girl and realize that women have equal capabilities as compared to men, it's not modern feminism, it was always there but then, it needs to be accepted. Acceptance can be a confusing word. Some things get called unacceptable because they are clearly bad in some ways. And yet if you allow such events or behavior to bother you then, someone wise will inevitably turn around and say something like you need to accept it. How can you accept anything that might be considered unacceptable? I believe the answer is, to look at acceptance as the ability to develop a more positive or less negative attitude towards something, even when it isn't good for you. It's easy to lose touch with reality. For example, sometimes we imagine people to be so wonderful enough that we are shell-shocked to discover, they also have their flaws and limitations. Or we think of them as so manageable that they surprise us with problems that we have no idea how to handle. We invest so much hope and energy into situations that we start believing they need to work out. We get carried away by what we imagine, idealize or expect and thus creating a bubble of self-delusion that's just waiting to burst. That's when it helps to see things as they really are. Acceptance is the ability to be as relaxed and happy as possible by minimizing any anger about what can't be changed anyway. It's something you do for your own peace of mind, yet staying within your own realms. It's something you can practice, even if you're interested in trying to positively influence the world around you. In my case, this lady who knows all the answers and yet she chooses to accept, to trouble herself, her body, her mind. Waiting and longing to say or take a decision only if she gets a backing. 
She wants to, she needs to stop, but when? When can the women be allowed to stop? At least when the nature is boldly and outrightly telling her to. Think about it, 